0: Hello and welcome to Reed Scholars Live. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Fleming and current president of Reed Scholars. Today, I am joined by guest Chuck Perkins, who is a um, new friend and colleague uh, in New Orleans native and, and invited him to the, sh- the show to, to share a little bit about his journey. So um, first, tell me, how are you? How does life find you today?
1: Oh, I am fantastic. I I couldn't have been better. I already got up and went and cut some weeds at a rental property I have <laughs> and uh, hurry up, ran back home and just to get ready um, for this big interview today.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you making the time for us. Um, and so, you know, when we spoke a while ago and talking about the podcast, I was excited to share with our listeners um, your unique journey. So I know life is, is taking you on a, a few turns, but, um, from growing up in New Orleans and being back and being an entrepreneur. And you mentioned rental property, but you also own an, an, another business. And and now you've written a book. So, um, you know, first, just kind of share with us a little bit about, you know, your journey from growing up in New Orleans to now.
1: Well, you know, I'm a, I feel like I'm a typical New Orleans guy. You know, I went to all public schools and I grew up in a part of New Orleans called Pigeon Town. You know, I mean, you know, it was a lot of working-class uh, black people. Um, but I really enjoyed my experience growing up here in New Orleans. It was—I I felt like it was exciting and a lot of fun, even though, you know, it was clear to me when we stepped out of our neighborhood and and went and checked out the the larger community, it, you know, it was obvious that we had a little less than the others, <laughs> but I still enjoyed um, growing up here. And in some ways in my life, I knew like, I, you mentioned I wrote a book and there was one thing I, I, I mentioned in my book. I said, man, you know, I love my family, but I hated being poor. Mm-hmm. So I knew like me my three brothers and sisters and my parents, it was seven of us for the most part raised in a two bedroom house. And I love all of them to death. But I said you know I never want to live in such close proximity with other human beings in my life you know so um I I, it's like I wanted to figure out you know how you know where were the things I needed to do to be able to 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 free myself from poverty I suppose and in some in some ways it's really serendipitous I went to the marine corps and the only reason I went to the marine corps is because I think my father was kind of old school you know he's like uh you know, I graduated from high school, I'm 18 years old. I was like, all right, good luck. <laughs> so, <laughs> you gotta so go do I'm something myself, out of here. Right? <laughs> all, that, all that fun I was having, <laughs> playing football, hanging out with girls and going to party. Am I really prepared for, you know, you know, I just got, I'm getting shoved out the nest a little bit. Am I prepared for this? I said, you know what I can do? I'm buy myself some time. Um, because I knew I couldn't just hang out in the neighborhood. It was clear to me, even at a young age, the people who just hung around you know I don't know for some reason that never ended so well and so I decided I was going to go to the Marine Corps by myself three more years so I could really start focusing and, and figuring out what, what I was going to do and so I did that and, um, I, and when I got out of the Marine Corps I ended up going to Xavier University and in some ways I got to be honest I, I had I was a little self-conscious of being of of knowing whether or not i was prepared for college. Mm-hmm. And so when i came back home i talked to one of my partners who's a an attorney now here in New Orleans Jeff Gates and he said well um Chuck well, what are you going to do? I said oh man um i think i'm going to go um enroll in this junior college, you know. He said a junior college? Why? I said i don't know man if i'm ready for like a a a university and he start and he laughed at me. He was like man you better go fill out this application for Xavier and come here, you know? I said, you really think it's possible? He said, yeah, of course. And I, I filled out the application and and I was I was admitted. I did have to take re- re- some remedial math courses. And, uh, you know, but I, I would say I did that in about halfway through my sophomore year. You know, I was ready, for, I was ready, I was really re- ready for college. But I gotta give a shout out for Xavier and HBCUs, I, I have to. Because I ended up doing very well in college, but I really believe if I had gone to like my daughters both went to LSU. Well, one graduated, one is going there. I think if I went to a school like LSU, where I was just another student on the campus, and there weren't mm-hmm. some teachers and faculty who took you know an interest in me who say this dude he is trying and he I, I I probably would have dropped out of school and just say ah yeah, it's not for me. But being in a community like Xavier, I had. I had a couple instructors early on who'd come to my house on the weekend just to, you know, help get brush me up to up to speed. So that was like a a, a great decision I made to 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 go to a university like that. And so, um, you know, when I I I, sta- I graduated from Xavier, I ended up um, working in sales. And again, um, you know, poverty is or the 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 past is still kind of. Mm-hmm. holding me down a little bit because I'm in a university and it's like okay well what are you going to do what are you going to study what are you going to major in and and I didn't feel like I had the, the 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 freedom or the luxury to say this is the thing that resonates with me right here that 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 I feel and I should major in that I was like I gotta I'm playing the odds <laughs> when i graduate i need a job i need yeah. to let you pay me and, and somehow i was talking to somebody about being a business major and i was like ah okay that sounds good i mean everything is business and so if you're a business major you got all you know so i ended up working in sales uh, I, I worked for craft foods and, and then i worked for a pharmaceutical company and then around like 2008 my company got bought out by another company and uh um, and it was scary you know I mean it was uh, I, I, I got the phone call hey listen well Glaxo Smith bought this company out and so we're gonna give you a nice little severance package but mm. uh, after this day then it's you, you're on your own oh, and, you yeah. know I got kids who's still in school I got mortgages I got card notes I'm like oh lord Jesus and you know I told myself I said hey well one thing I did that money I got from the severance thing, I I bought my first rental property. You know, I could have went and got me a fly car or something like that, but I was like, nah, nah, I bought that. I went and bought some property. And and that really was what I needed to give me time to figure things out because at least I got some money. I got some mm-hmm. money um coming in, right? And um and so I said, Okay, I'm gonna try and see if if I don't make a decision like I made when I was when I was going to college, like I just need mm-hmm. to figure out somebody to pay me some money, I'm going to see if it's possible for me to make a living doing stuff I really like doing. And I, so I got a band, I was writing poetry, I had a CD, I was traveling. I mean, I still got the money coming in from the, from the rental property. And it was all sort of serendipitous. The next thing you know, I'm, um, uh, um, because I had this band, and I was generating this following, my business partner at the time, asked if I would partner with him with mm. this club. And I said, oh, "Sure, I can. I'm, you know, I can do that." And um, and so now it's been ten years. I wow. I bought him out like about two years ago. And you know, it's it's there was a commercial one time that say, "If you get a job finding something you enjoy doing, then you never have to work a day in your life." And so that's how I feel like I'm in that place right now. I nah, don't get me wrong. I work really hard. Because they have people who come in my place sometimes, and they might think I'm the janitor. Because I don't care. I will. Do the, I work will the Wash dishes. Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, mop the floors, take out the trash, whatever needs to be done, I will do it. You know, but I really enjoy doing what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing, and it's the only job I've ever had in my life where I would actually look forward to to going oh. to work and, and getting everything started. So, um, and and so, okay, so. My business is going great. It's finally, it it was hard too. It's difficult because it's a beautiful venue. It was all new renovations and everything. And and early on, I thought just because of the way it looked, all I got to do is open the doors and then I'm going to get filthy rich. No, 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 no. It was especially (laughs) in a place like New Orleans because there's so many music venues and clubs and bars and stuff like that. There's a lot of competition. And so and through a lot of hard work, things really start clicking, I'm going to say maybe two, three years ago, and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, um, to be perfectly honest, I believe that COVID has added years to my life.
0: Mm. And,
1: and, and, and I don't want to diminish the fact that there are a lot of us have taken losses with COVID. Like mm-hmm. I personally know a lot of people who died and people who have lost loved ones, and we should never lose sight of that uh, or diminish that but um with with that being said for me personally it's uh it's the first time like i' I'm, I'm at home cooking more than I have mm-hmm. ever probably in my life um I get to sleep seven and eight hour days like the last time I probably could sleep like this, I was a teenager you know what i mean wow. and so and so and more importantly, in addition to the to the to the the good food the rest um I wrote my first book, um, but I, I put it down now for about three or four months. It's called Back of Town, and I'm very, very proud of it. And so now it's in the process where I've been sending it to a few agents, heard from a couple of them. They, they both seem to like it. They, they, they both express that they think I'm a, a great storyteller, but they think that my story um, needs a, a little more, like it needs to be structured a, a, a little more right and, and and now, but I'm still currently waiting on a, a an African- American agent out of New York, and so I just want to see what she says because one of my a friend of mine is Dr. Gerald Horn. he's in Houston, he's over the African Studies Department at the University of Houston, and this brother has written over thirty books and he uh, he he's sending he read it and he said he only made minor changes, and so I'm waiting to to get his um you know what he think uh, um what changes he thinks i i should make i'm waiting to get that in the mail right now so anyway i want to wait to see with the with the african-american agent the the sister what she has to say but either way um i put this book down now for about three or four months so i haven't really been in it but once uh even if she says wow we like it we want to do something with it i still want to revise it again anyway i want to i want to kind of I do want to try to t- take one more shot at just we typing a little it bit more. Yep. 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 So I hit you with a long run-on sentence.
0: Huh? <laughs> That's perfectly fine. You got it all in. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'd, I'd preface the, the beginning of the podcast that, you know, you're a great storyteller. So I had to let you tell the story. Right. Um, and and one of the reasons um, that I have you on is because of that, because I wanted to bring some, some context and you, and you hit on all those things. So we talk a lot about health equity, you talked about, you know, seven people in a two bedroom house. And and what does that mean? And what does that mean on um, how you, how you value things growing up, um, how you interact with the world and talking about worthiness and, and preparedness and, and, and how you decided that whether or not you were ready for college or go to the military and, and the decisions that that, that makes. And that's all important when we talk about, educational attainment right and and that goes into um what kind of job that you're going to have and then we talk about um I have a friend who you ask her how she's doing and she's like oh I'm just doing revolutionary things like paying rent right mm-hmm. because that's not you know for for a lot of us <laughs> rent is not guaranteed every month right sometimes we're putting these little dollars together and and uh trying to make it work it's it's not a it's not an automatic withdrawal from your bank account for for most people we've, we we got to we've got to work hard at that. And, oh, yeah. um, and yeah. sometimes the jobs, like you said, that you don't necessarily like, but you got kids to feed and, you know, maybe a partner to support and, and you got to do what you have to do. And, and that changes, um, you know, how you interact with the world. And, and then, and then one of the other things that you said that I, I thought, and we haven't touched, we've only touched on that a little bit in this podcast was about buying rental property. Um, because that speaks to generating creating generational wealth for mm-hmm our Mm -hmm. kids right and and that's something that we haven't had access to as a a larger population um Mm -hmm. you know forever since we've been here so um and, and having the foresight to say i don't want what's flashy and um temporary in this moment let me do something that will not just help support my family right now but may even help support my kids in the future and so reframing um you know, what, how you invest your money and having the confidence to do that. Right. I, you know, that's, that's often a step out on faith. Like I'm gonna put this mm-hmm. money over here and hope <laughs> somebody moves into this place and pays their rent on time so that we can all, uh <laughs> we can all eat. So, mm-hmm. um and then, and kind of the last thing, and when you're talking about your book is thinking about your audience. Right. And so um how we, how do I want to say how we are seen um, is different, right? Depending on who's reading our story. And so it's interesting that you said, you know, you want to see what this last agent has to say and, and having your friend read the book and, you know, how we see it might not be the same as somebody who can't relate to the story. So I'll be interested um, to follow along and to see what the new agency says and to see what kind of tweaks you like to make after you've stepped away from it for a little while. Um, but so I, I, guess my next question, um, is kind of being in New Orleans and so New Orleans, of course, is a city near and dear to my heart. So it's, I'm probably, I'm biased, right? Cause I went to school there. Of course, I went to Xavier as well. And I visit a lot and I often say it's, it's a city that I love so much, but it, it also breaks my heart. Um, just because there's just some infrastructural things that I think have, have not been, rectified in in years and I and I can't speak to all the nuances of that. And we can think back to Katrina and all the things that happened then and and talk about now with COVID-19 and at the point and there was a point in the pandemic that their rates were higher than the rest of the country and, and thinking about some of the distribution and allocation issues with the COVID vaccine now. But um you know being from there and, and I know that's your heart talk to us a little bit about what your hopes for um, the city is or are.
1: Yeah, it's uh you know, like 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 everyone else, you know, I, I want to I want it to be a city that thrives. I want it to be a city um where everyone thrives, right? But that's the magic question. Um you know just like I guess in urban areas all across the country, we have this this word gentrification now. It's a, it's a word that we're all familiar with and mm-hmm. you know people always um, discussing that and and I know some people in New Orleans believe that it's just, maybe it's just something that's happening here but it really isn't it's all over the country is uh, I guess the taste of Americans have changed uh, there was a time when it seemed like the the, the idea of success was to you know have uh, buy a house as far away from the urban center mm-hmm. as possible, you mm-hmm. know, and it was safe and pristine and look like a post, a picture-perfect postcard and, you know, every blade of grass is in place, but, you know, for the most part, and, and so people with money, they left and went there, and, and it was just uh, people like the the folk I grew up with, you know, kind of left in the city, um, mostly, and, and so, but now that's reversed. And, and it's a problem and one of my friends and i we were talking about that earlier today and the problem is that you know if you pay if you play big bank take little bank then the people who left to go buy the big houses you know out in the suburbs they seem to you know have an edge up they seem to have more resources more money than a lot of the people who were um left in the in the urban urban area now it's difficult because you can't it's difficult if you say well you can't go buy that house, you know, we, I'm I'm not sure if, if that would be fair, but here's the thing that I think we need some forward thinking politicians to, to kind of weigh in on, and that is, or to make sure they make the right decision, Mm -hmm. be forward thinking, and that is, like, I have a friend who live, there's a, the polite term for this neighborhood is, they start, in the 70s, they started calling it the politicians they ref- they called it the Black Pearl, mm. but when I was growing up, when I was growing up, we call it um Word Town, right? Mm. <laughs> because they had a lot of N words that lived there. But right now they ain't got a lot of N words live there. No, no more. You understand? And so, like my one of my partners, he's his family, his well, his wife's family own about thirty houses, mostly in that area. And um, now they, of course, they don't have that many um, of those properties anymore, but the house that they live in, her family's been in this house for 45 years or so. And so now there is a guy in the city who owns a a pizza chain called Reginelli's. Well, he goes and purchases one house on one corner and it's like 1.5 mil and somebody else get a house on the Mm -hmm. other corner for a meal. So here's the problem. You can't can't tell Reginelli you can't buy that house or you can't tell the other man you can't buy that house. But because they decide they're going to pay a a million and 1.5 million for the house. And now they got to pay X amount of taxes on 1.5 million. And now you're going to say, well, my friend's house is now worth $800,000, $800,000, but whatever the taxes is on an $800,000 house, they ain't, they're not in, they, they can't afford taxes on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And so because of these other people decide that they want to spend that kind of money on these houses that, you know, that used to be extremely affordable, those was houses for working class people. So why can't we Figure out a way to make sure that hey, this family has been here, and, and whatever taxes they were paying, then mm-hmm. their grandfather, then, and that's what taxes they're gonna be paying. And so that's, I think that's the kind of forward-thinking politicians we have. We 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 have to have because if we if we don't, if you don't do that, then that means that a person with deep enough pockets, who willing to play the 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 play the the, the waiting game, yeah. could just go any place and say, well, we're going to buy this and we're going to price you out. You ain't going to be able to, the, all the taxes are going to increase and you won't be able to afford it and then it's going to be mine anyway. Yeah. So so, if, if we don't do that sort of thing in New Orleans, because New Orleans is a very charming city. It has, it has a, a deep, deep, deep history. You know, it's uh it preceded the kind of prefab houses where you ride down the street and everything looked the same. You know, it has this certain kind of charm. And unfortunately, they got people with a lot more resources, a lot deeper pockets, a lot more money, a, a, a lot more money who they they like those houses now. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do something to at least give working class people the opportunity to stay in their houses if they want to. Right. then they are just gonna continually be pushed up
0: yeah yeah and oh we could have a whole show on gentrification and the uh, <laughs> the pluses and minuses It that that's a you know that's a whole nother conversation um that we uh, we won't dive into today but I mean your points are valid I think you know in trying to protect the resources that are there um, we understand that there are you know there are houses that are boarded up that need to be uh, renovated. And uh, but that shouldn't come at the cost of, of pricing out the people who are stable in the community and have been there for decades. That's not yeah, fair. The
1: same people who held it down, the same people who held it down when other folks were running as far away from the city as they could. Right. Now the reward you get is right. now we're going to give you this tax that you can't afford no more.
0: Right. So it's now that it's trending. Ah, yeah, yeah. But So um, I don't want to keep you long. I know you have plenty of other things to do besides talking to me. So kind of as we close, um, what's on the horizon for you? What are you looking forward to um, on the other side of COVID-19?
1: Well, um, New Orleans just went to move to phase three. And, you know, my club is is, is my business. is not the kind of business where you can say, okay, well, you can have um, people come in now and just open and like, people plan, you know, they plan stuff at my place. Now before COVID, I had my calendar was packed almost every single day of the of, of the month. And sometimes on, on Saturdays and Sundays and I have two and three events, you know, happening. And so, um, you know, I'm hoping that we can get on the other side of this and and that my phone could start ringing again and people can, can start planning with the ability of, feeling like they're going to be safe and 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 the, and we won't be like super spreaders or something like that. Right, right. So we're just uh, planning more events and and also, you know, it's it's hard for me to move on without this book. I got to get closure uh, with this book and so I am going to do that revision and I'm waiting on Dr. Horn's all of his um feedback to come back and I think I'm going to go to Chicago for maybe hmm. 10 days and just turn everything off, disconnect and yeah. focus on the book and, and and see what i come up with
0: i like it well and you know when back of town gets published you let us know and we will um do whatever we can to support you and get the word out so oh,
1: keep I us posted on it. that i would like to come back on the podcast so. yeah
0: definitely open invite you let me know when <laughs> all right well thank you so much i truly appreciate you being a part of our show i love talking to you i love hearing your stories um so i appreciate you being able to and be willing to share the story with with our audience so thank you so much
1: oh thank you very much as well and so i um um hope to see you um in new orleans at cafe istanbul uh, i uh, i ain't gonna say nothing about the crown in seven and not like that.
0: <laughs> don't tell all my business now <laughs> <laughs> all right i will see you soon
1: all right y'all take it easy now okay